Well, I don't know if any of them will uh, be here this morning because, um, because it's the last chapel of their college career, but I know we have a few seniors. It looks like actually many decided not to come to chapel this morning, but especially uh, we know we have a couple of seniors. I know we have two over here on the right-hand side, and we might have a couple others that are actually graduating or finishing their college career this week uh, or next week. And I'm going to ask anyone that is a senior and finishing their college career uh, Next week, will you please stand so we can congratulate you? (laughs) And thanks for still being willing to come to chapel on this last time. I appreciate it. Well, as we've done in semesters past, we take this last chapel just to quickly recap what God has taught us. Uh, and these times together, at least things that have stood out to me, and then we'll go to the Lord's table together. But I first really want to just thank a few people. Certainly I want to thank the Office of Spiritual Development with Jamie and Jenny and JD, all the help that they give to making these uh, chapel services come together. It is quite a bit of work, um, so I appreciate their help. But also I really need to thank Lauren Bowen, who's uh, hiding up there in the balcony. Uh, She's in charge of all our sound. We can thank her. And... uh, we have Nathan, of course, and other students that, uh, that she works with, and I'm thankful for, for Nathan and others that help. Then we have Gwen, who's on the camera, and she operates our cameras, and then she edits the videos, and then puts it, I don't even know if you know these chapel services are then on YouTube, but she edits all those videos, and I'm thankful for her. And uh, RJ sets up and tears down all the equipment, then he edits the audio, so that goes on the website. I'm thankful for RJ, and I'm really going to put him to work today, uh, but he is so patient in working with me when I'll send him a picture five minutes before chapel, say, Kanan, can you get this up on the, on the slides today? I'm really grateful for Kanan and all his great work as our tech guy. <laughs> As he stands in the balcony to receive your applause. It's very, it's very humble of you, Kenan. I also want to uh, thank Wallston Church of the Nazarene for allowing us to use their facility. We really couldn't do this without them. But above all, yes, we could thank, thank everyone. I, I'm very grateful. Um, now you don't know whether to applaud or not, right? Now it's that awkward, like, do we... But I'm especially deeply, deeply grateful to God for God's faithfulness and his presence in our times of chapel this semester. And I pray for the same next semester. I receive well over 100 requests to speak in chapel in a given semester. Um, people telling me that the Lord informed them that they were supposed to speak in chapel are some of the ways the emails come in. And I find that interesting because the Lord hadn't informed me of that yet. So that's, I wrestle through some of those. But I do really seek the Lord's guidance and direction. And uh, I know in freshman seminar I talked about the priorities we have to have a culturally diverse chapel calendar to make sure we have speakers that represent the Christian traditions from which you are from. and I have women speakers and different things. There are some priorities, but uh, I always pray for God's leadership and guidance. And, uh, for I want his will to be done in these chapel services, not mine. But just to quickly recap a couple of the chapel services. We began the year, as you may remember, with uh, Dr. Corliss McGee, President McGee, sharing with us. In, in reading from the text where the boy gave five loaves and two fishes to Jesus, where Jesus took it, blessed it, and fed 5,000. Dr. McGee asked us, what is your sack lunch and are you willing to release it to give to Jesus so that Jesus can take it and bless it and give it to one who is in need? Give the little things to the Lord, then allow him to bless and care for others with it was the challenge that started us, a very beautiful and good challenge that started our school year. 
I preached in the second chapel of the semester and used the text for which the Student Government Association has chosen for the year for us. And allow me to read that for you. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance of faith, with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some in the habit are doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And as I preached from that text, I noticed as I was preparing it that the writer to the Hebrews was calling us to be a community of faith, hope, and love. And my hope and prayer is that we have grown in that understanding, that we have become more understanding and live into that of what it means to be a people of the Christian faith centered in Christ, to truly have the hope of Christ, which has been the focus here near the end of the year, and of course to be people of love. The Student Government Association spoke in the next chapel, and I have really appreciated their leadership this semester. I admired their leadership. And each of them shared from their heart and challenged us during chapel, and I'm sure you remember this one uh, from Tyler. It was a very memorable, memorable moment. You guys are in chapel here for a reason. You're here at ENC for a reason. And you might not know it yet, but um, he will reveal it to you guys. And Is this this time for me to go? (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) It was very powerful, Tyler, even though we shut the lights out on you. I'm sorry. We have a sense installed a box over the... Yeah, come on. We have a sense installed a box over the light switch, so... None of you can lean on it again and turn the lights off in the middle of a chapel speak. But haven't you appreciated SGA's leadership? Can we thank SGA for all the great work that they have done? And Nathan, I'm going to throw a slight curve at you. I don't know if we can turn this mic on here that Crystal can use. But this semester, we, took a, we had a goal of taking an offering for a local cause, which was the sock offering. So thank you for all of those who uh, donated socks. We'll be delivering those to the Boston shelter uh, here in a few weeks, and I'm excited to do that. But we also, in partnership with SGA, uh, they're going to lead us to a challenge like we haven't had before since I've been chaplain for the spring semester, Um, a goal that we're going to work on towards together to raise a rather significant amount of money for a good cause, and I'm going to have Crystal tell us about that. So, whoa, hello. Um, So Corey came to me and asked um, if SGA would kind of partner with spiritual development. We were so excited and to get on board with it. So we are going to be raising money as a community, ENC community, to build a water well in Haiti and drumroll. Everybody drumroll. This is the amount we're going to raise together. $8,000. That's our goal. We're going to do it as a community. It's going to be awesome. There it is. All right. It's out there. So next semester, that is our goal, $8,000, and there will be several different events throughout the semester where we're trying to raise money. That's how much it costs to install a clean water well, which will provide clean drinking water for up to 2,000 people daily. Uh, So that is a worthy goal, and I hope you're willing to take part in it. So some students have already volunteered uh, to do something together, and Greg, I I challenge Greg, you all know the elite athlete that I am, and so uh, I decided that... uh, well, Greg and I are going to do something together, and we'd like to challenge some of you, if you'd like to join us in this endeavor this semester, um, if you are, are truly brave and bold enough. So, Greg, wh- what are we going to do this semester to help raise money for this cause? We next are, semester. Next semester in the spring, we are hopefully going to run a half marathon to raise money. Um, if you don't think you can run a half marathon, you probably can. You just haven't tried. Um. How many would like to volunteer? <laughs> oh, how
The the one <laughs> the one video I did not check before he played it was that one. <laughs> so so uh, yes, thank you. Um, how many of right now in front of the entire community are willing? Um, yeah, some of you guys. How many are willing to train for and run a half marathon? Wow, there's several of you. All right, all right. You will find out more information. So when you come back in January, when you come back in Jer- January, and I remind you. I want to see those hands raised. There's also an app, Couch to Half Marathon. If you want to get the app, you can start, start running. <laughs> well, let me continue after I've been humiliated uh, publicly with that video. As we um, maybe remember that Nayara and her worship team from her church led us in worship through song in a beautiful chapel. I always appreciate when Nayara and her worship team comes. But I need to let you know that she shared something that really grieved me. And when she uh, shared that um, as she's been journeying here, she's learned a lot about her own faith and her own Christian tradition. And, and she was so gracious and so kind, but said, and at times I've felt like that, you know, my Pentecostal background has been kind of made fun of. And she said, but that's okay, I understand. And, and just really extended, extended beautiful, beautiful grace, if, if that is what she had experienced. But that, that grieved me. As a Christian community centered in Christ, we all come from different traditions where God is over all and in all and through all. And if God is truly over all and in all and through all, he is truly working in powerful ways through all Christian traditions. And for that, we must be people of grace and love and understanding. Not only for those who are Christian brothers and sisters, but those even of other faiths. We must continually demonstrate the love and grace and mercy of Christ. So I've appreciated her leadership in sharing those words that day. You may remember that J.D. taught us about worship, that worship is not just time when we gather together here in chapel to worship corporately and show embarrassing videos. Uh, Worship is an act of sacrifice in every aspect of our life. Worship is an act of obedience, and worship is an act of faith. Reverend Amanda Cash came and shared from Hebrews 12, 1 through 4, to run the race marked out for you, and she asked you, what is your race? What is God calling you to do, or what is God calling you to be? So be the woman or man of God that God has called you to be. Marion Mason, and aren't you grateful for Marion's leadership and that he's now part of this community and his family? We can thank Marion for joining us. And I really do love the, I love the story how, I know I've mentioned it again several times because I find it so funny how he asked his wife while she was a freshman and he was a senior at the University of Virginia to a party and, and uh, he thought she of course would say yes because he's Marion. And uh, she said, no, I don't go to parties. He's like, oh, then how about, you know, you come to a Bible study with me. He got spiritual very, very fast. Uh, and uh, so we appreciate that. But he challenged us. and He had this, this closing challenge and said, you know, God may be speaking to you. But challenge us in a way that maybe we don't often think about how God speaks to us. God may be speaking to you through a restless spirit. God may be speaking to you from a word spoken from a friend. God may be speaking to you through an unanswered prayer. God may be speaking to you through an unusual blessing. Is it possible that God has been speaking to you this entire semester? I believe that God is speaking to all of us. And as we pray before each chapel, we always pray, Lord, wherever people are in their spiritual journey in this sanctuary, may everyone draw closer to you. I truly believe that God is always speaking to us. But are you listening? And are you willing to be faithful? I appreciated the students who got up to share in the Missions Chapel what, what they are learning and how they are growing in their faith and how they took steps of faith 
to serve in different places over the summer or to serve while being a student here, whether it's out on Long Island or overseas in the summer or working at a camp. And I want to challenge you to give a summer to the Lord in a way that you maybe have never expected. Granted, if you have to go and work for uh, money to pay for tuition, that is glorifying to God. There's, that, that is part of the call. That, that's glorifying to God. But maybe try to do something that uh, you may not do later in life, like serve overseas for a summer or work at a camp for a summer. This past week, I had a meeting. I couldn't attend the uh, forum on Monday afternoon, unfortunately, because I had a meeting scheduled with Friendship Home, which is uh, the home that wants to connect in with you and and hope that some students would be interested in volunteering at a home for uh, adults with disabilities, mental and physical disabilities. And, And maybe that's something that you don't feel called to, but maybe you could volunteer one night a week or for a summer at a camp. I just want to challenge you to maybe think outside of what your comfort zone may be to say, maybe God is speaking to you, like Marion said, and calling you to do something you can never even imagine. So be faithful in doing that. As you know, as at least our upperclassmen, we have Gabriel Saguero every year, and we're fortunate enough to have him speak with us each year. He continues to become a very, very busy person, not only pastoring the Manhattan Lambs Church of the Nazarene, but as the president of the National Latino Evangelical Coalition. Many of you heard his uh, afternoon workshop on the unaccompanied minors, his lecture, and he talked about immigration reform, and we shared when he was here how he's often at the White House now every few weeks and is part of a group that consults with the president on immigration reform, and I mentioned it in passing, but uh, there was one religious leader that President Obama invited with him to Las Vegas, one religious leader that he had invited aboard Air Force One to travel with him uh, as uh, President Obama made his announcement on immigration reform, and that is... Uh, as our friend Gabriel Saguero. I have a few pictures here. Uh, this is Gabriel before boarding uh, Air Force One. And this is, uh, I believe, from CNN. You see as they cover the president arriving, and there's uh, Gabriel coming off of Air Force One. But Dr. Salguero called us and challenged us to be people of love. He said, at the core of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Christ is calling down the justice of God, the equity of God, and the mercy of God, and the grace of God. And then he prayed over us. He said, God, raise up a mighty army from ENC of women and men who are boundary crossers and marathon runners. And the gas that makes them run this race, may it be the love of God that gives them the strength and energy to run the race marked out before them. Liz Walker then spoke in chapel. Those of you who grew up in the Boston area may have grown up watching Liz Walker on the news. She too challenged us, and she said, of all the things I want you to think about today, whether you are on the Jamaica Way or in Africa, she challenged us just to be open to God's grace because it is boundless. So are you living your life in a way that is open to the grace of God, that is truly boundless? Lowell Hall, Professor Emeritus here at ENC, spoke in Homecoming Chapel. He said, my prayer is that Each of us will ask God to transform our minds and in the process change our priorities. Do your priorities need to be changed? What are your priorities? He then challenged us to have patience patience with each other as God works transformation in our lives. Are you patient with one another? Because God is continually working in us and transforming us. And my hope is that when you arrived in freshman year in your spiritual journey is not where you are in your sophomore year in your spiritual journey, or your junior year in your spiritual journey, or your senior year. That the transformation and grace of God is continually at work in your life. So are you willing to be patient and extend grace to others as they are growing in their grace and in their faith? Dr. Carla Sundberg, president of Nazarene Theological Seminary, 
talked about her own self-sufficiency like Moses. She said, I am challenged to look at what I have. I'm challenged to look at what I love and hold on to it and not let it go and not, and not give it up. But God calls us to throw it down. And, and God tells us, I can do more than you can ever imagine with that which you are holding on to so tightly. So do you have the faith? Will you be a woman or man of faith that you will let it go? And give, not like the song from Frozen, but will you let it go? Like Moses dropped the staff, gave it to God and depend upon God's grace and goodness and give it over to him. And then there were three chapels in a row where we heard the stories of others. They shared part of their life, their testimony, and how God has worked in their life in amazing ways through some challenging and difficult days. Jan and Cheryl Weissen shared their testimony of how God brought them together on the mission field. I didn't mention it in introducing Jan, who is obviously a colleague and on the uh, president's cabinet with me, but, um, you know, full-time missionaries aren't supposed to start dating short-term missionaries when they come to visit, but he failed to mention that. I just thought I'd point that out. But this beautiful story about how God brought them together, even though at the age where they were, they thought that perhaps they were called to singleness, which is also a high and holy calling. Dr. Melody Eckhart, the director of Women's Refugee Health, shared her story, how she went to a Christian college much like our own, and she decided her major when she was sitting in the gym the first day, and they came in the gym and said, all right, who wants to be a chemistry major? And she said, well, I always liked chemistry, so I stood up and went, and that was her call. And how she lives a life of faithfulness, and how the Lord is using her life to change the lives of others, especially those women in the refugee health network. Professor William shared the story of his own life and family during some very challenging and and dark days and how the church surrounded him and surrounded them. All these stories demonstrating people that have gone ahead of you, all these stories demonstrating that we serve a faithful God. So why would you not want to do the same? How can you listen to stories like Jan and Cheryl's and Dr. Eckhart's and Professor Williams and And not realize that maybe living a life completely surrendered to God, giving everything over to God, even those things that we hold on so tightly, that is the best way to live. They have entrusted their stories and testimonies with us. And we are grateful. So steward their stories well. But also steward your story well. For God is working in your life in amazing ways as well. At times you won't be able to see it. Maybe even right now you can't recognize it or see it. Sometimes we need to go further down the road and look back and realize, my goodness, God's hand was upon me the entire time. So I want to challenge you to live in such a way. Dr. Roberto Miranda reminded us of how we, can, how we live can actually, and this was a challenging word, that how we live can actually wound the heart of God. To think that, that when we live in ways that do not honor him, it actually grieves the heart of God. A challenging and, and prophetic word. That we could actually wound the heart of God, to quote Dr. Miranda. So how will you live? We then had an intergenerational conversation where we had two couples the, um, uh, that was a very memorable, memorable uh, chapel, but a very, very beautiful chapel as well. As those that have gone before us, many years before us, well into their 80s, sharing with you their wisdom and insight, sharing with you that God can be trusted, that God is faithful. So why wouldn't you want to follow the same God they follow? It's a beautiful story and beautiful testimony. Though they ignored most of the questions I asked, I appreciated everything that they shared. 
Dr. Don Opitz talked about your calling and that we all have a calling. Will you be faithful to your calling? Currently, obviously, you're faithful as a calling as a student. Your calling of God can be in any and every field. Have you viewed it that way? When I grew up, we used to always hear about call to missions or call to the pastorate or call to ministry. And we didn't realize, or I didn't realize, and maybe it was preached and I didn't realize it, that everyone's called by God to be a businesswoman or man, a lawyer or a teacher or a social. It's all a calling. So will you be faithful to the call that God has over your life? The remaining chapels, we moved into the focus of hope, which I'll conclude with and We'll go to the Lord's table together here momentarily. But at the end of Dr. Opitz's chapel, there was a moment that you didn't realize was happening where I lost all hope in my singing. I, as you know, we often close our chapels with the doxology. And, uh, and that day, I found out after I started us off singing and we were all in different keys, um, And my wife is usually very gracious and very kind, and she knows that after I preach or speak or sing in chapel, to just just be gentle, uh, because, you know, know, just give me some time before you you say anything. But I did not get back to the pew from starting us off with that one. She said, Corey, that was awful. (laughs) You were so low. She's like, listen to this. (laughs) And I'm... So I start crying, you know, and um, I'm like, Edie, chapel's not even over yet. Just give me some time. And it was, I mean, we usually sound beautiful, but it was rough that day. Let's just be honest. She explained to me that I started too low and I'm starting too fast. So, uh, and have you noticed, I haven't done it since then. Um, so pray for me. But all hope was lost in my singing in that moment. But then we moved into this Thanksgiving week and the first week of Advent where our focus was on hope. We started by lighting the first candle of Advent, the candle of hope. And that too was off to a rough beginning. Crystal did a great job. We can thank Crystal. And just for the record, I did ask Crystal before I showed that video, unlike Kanan asking me permission uh, before he's showing that video with me. But it's been good working with him, and I'll miss working with him. (laughs) But our focus has been on hope. And though that was not... Certainly, I was going to focus on it in that text, and when I read the text for the week, for the first week of Advent, I wanted to avoid it, and even tried to for a few days, but the Lord kept drawing me back to Mark 13, where we read, the Son of Man coming in clouds with power and glory. And how I had grown up thinking that that was a text of fear, like, oh, I better be ready, because God's coming. But really, 
it is a tremendous, tremendous verse of incredible hope and joy. That the Son of Man will return. And that the injustices of this world will be made right. Whether they happen in Ferguson, Missouri, or Staten Island, New York, wherever there may be injustices, God's will will be done. For the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God, and he shall reign forever and ever. And so in this season of Advent, we have hope for the Christ child that will come in the manger, but we also have the hope that Christ will return. We see the signs of hope. We see the light of Christ every day. Though I think too often, like myself, maybe we focus more on the darkness. Too often we don't recognize that light has broken through. Too often we forget that God is with us. That does not mean that there won't be times for us to be afraid, angry, a righteous anger, disappointed, questioning, wrestling with God. That doesn't mean there won't be those days. But the light of Christ still shines in the darkness. And you can be an agent of that light. You can be, as I talked about Robert Louis Stevenson when he was a child, and looking out his window, watching a man light the street lights. He said, I'm watching a man punch holes in the darkness. You can be a part of that. So where you see darkness, where you see injustice, where you see people far from God, you be an agent of bringing the light of Christ and punch holes in the darkness. The a cappella choir actually summarized it beautiful in a song that they had sung in the following chapel. It was called In the First Light, and I've been listening to it numerous, numerous times by a group called GLAD, and um, our choir does a better job, but I don't have that on recording. But the first verse says, In the first light of a new day, no one knew we had arrived. Things continued as they had been while a newborn softly cried. But the heavens, wrapped in wonder, knew the meaning of his birth. In the weakness of a baby, they knew God had come to earth. The first coming of Christ. The last verse talks about the second coming of Christ. Hear the angels as they're singing on the morning of his birth. But oh, how much greater will our song be when he comes again. When he comes again. Hear the angels as they're singing on the morning of his birth. But how much greater will our song be when he comes again. When he comes to rule the earth. And that is good news. So we are people of hope. Not because we think everything will always go smooth and not because we think all days will be easy, but because we remember that even in the darkest of days, even in the most challenging days, we can remember that Emmanuel, God is with us. The light of Christ has come. A light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. I talked about a song that reminds me of that by Need to Breathe. And in this wasteland where I'm living, there is a crack in the door filled with light. And that is all that I need to get by. That light, that light of Christ, is all that we need to get by. I appreciated the one picture of hope that I received. But it was a beautiful demonstration of of hope. As we saw a picture of Brandon with cerebral palsy, and his sister said, he cannot speak or walk, but he's always smiling. And that is her picture of hope. A light shines in the darkness and cerebral palsy cannot overcome it. And you have those moments in your life as well. 
And I appreciate the 15 or 20 of you who sent pictures over the last couple of days, which we've incorporated into a, a small video that we're going to play momentarily. Forgive me if I've missed any. I think Kane and I got, got all the pictures, but if, if I've missed yours, I apologize. But as we go to the Lord's table this morning, it is a time when we go to the Lord's table that reminds us, it reminds us that God is with us, that God sent his son as a very ransom for our sins so that we might be made right with God, so that we can be in relationship with God, so that we can be agents of the kingdom of God to bring the light into the darkness, the light of Christ into the darkness, to be agents of change, to bring God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. So we're going to go to communion momentarily, go to the Lord's table. But I need to take just a few moments of why I wrestled on whether to conclude with communion. Many of us here come from different Christian traditions where you believe that you can only take communion in your own congregation or your own parish. And I want to let you know that we deeply respect and honor that. So at times, as I've heard, as people were passing the trays, they felt uncomfortable by taking communion or felt embarrassed because you could not partake communion. I just want to strongly say there is no need for embarrassment in that. Don't feel, don't feel bad at all. There's no need for that. And I'll, I'll say a prayer of blessing for you if you cannot partake with us. The reason I grieve over that is not because of anything you do or I do or we do. It just grieves me because in some ways it's almost as if, and this is not a theologically correct statement, but it, it's what happens is sometimes things that we do in our different churches and in our different traditions, sometimes they, they separate us instead of unite us. And so I, I grieve over the fact that um, some are not able to go to the Lord's table with us this morning. But I want to be able to pray, or, pray a prayer of blessing over you before we partake of the elements. So for those of you who are not sure, here's what I want to tell you what we believe in the Church of the Nazarene, that this is not our table. This is not my table. This is the Lord's table. And at the Lord's table, all are welcome. All are welcome. So it's not for me or anyone else to say who can come and who cannot. You are all welcome at the table of grace. And it may be new for some of you. In a few moments, I'm going to ask some students to come up and help serve. And they're going to pass a tray. And in that tray, there's going to be a little cup and a little wafer in the middle. Uh, if you could just uh, pass the tray to the next person, then take a cup and a wafer and hold on to those. And we're going to, take, uh, we're going to partake together. And I don't want you to feel, as we're going to go and have a moment of uh, silent reflection, a prayer of confession, I don't want you to be burdened with, oh, I need to think of all the things that I've done wrong. I need to think of the list of sins that I've done in the last few hours or minutes or seconds. I need to think of those and just check them off. But I don't, God's grace is greater than that. And what I mean is the grace of God is so great as we come to the table, that God's grace is so great, that God's grace covers all of that. I don't want you to be too worried about any lists. God knows if you are coming with a truly repentant heart and spirit. And the grace of God is for you. And this can be a new day for you. We also, you see, believe in the Church of the Nazarene that this table can be a means of grace. What that means is that by partaking of these elements, you can enter into a personal relationship with Christ. By taking these elements, you become an agent, a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And now you can take part in bringing God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven and punching holes in the darkness. Oh, I encourage you to partake if you are able. And again, I want to be so clear that for some reason, perhaps theologically or just because you're not sure, you're not able to partake today, please know you are still part of this community as you are part of your church community. 
You're part of this family, Eastern Nazarene College, and we are grateful for you and love you. I do ask as the elements are distributed and there'll be a video or two playing, I just ask for those that uh, are sitting, if you could just be reverent and respectful as we go to the Lord's table. In respect and reverence to those who are partaking, but of course, in respect and reverence to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Will the servers please come at this time? A people living in darkness, living in the land of the shadow of death. Is this you? Where is God in the silence? Where is God in the darkness? Could it be that your pain, your grief, all the world's suffering, all the world's darkness is the genesis of new life? For out of the darkness, when there was only emptiness, God spoke forth light. From within the darkness of the earth, Toiling up from beneath the soil, God brought forth life. After that dark and stormy flood, adrift for forty nights, from the hand of God came a promise. After the darkness of the wilderness, years wandering lost, trying to hold on to faith, He gave a promise life. From the darkness of a mother's womb, all the questions, all the expectation, God formed a child. And from the darkness of that silent night, when it seemed the voice of God was unheard, when it seemed the hand of God was unseen, that silence was broken by the cries of a baby, a son, a savior. God wastes nothing. Not even our darkness. For we know that for those who love God, even in our times of darkness, God is working for our good. So today, in the midst of whatever darkness you feel, know this. Today, a light has dawned. Hope is not lost. Hope is never lost. Today, hope is born. Will you please stand? And so now you are about to pronounce good news. And I'll uh, read what's in bold, and then if you could read um, the remaining portion. And listen to what you are reading today. Listen to the good news you are proclaiming, for it is powerful. Who is invited to the Lord's table? Why do we give thanks at this table? Why do we eat and drink at this table? We eat because of the 
What do we remember at this table? Let us pray. God of grace, thank you for this bread and wine and for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. God of hope, fill us with your spirit today that we might have the wisdom to understand the mystery of this table and the depth and height and breadth and length of your love for us. Through this meal, strengthen us to be followers of Jesus, a community of peace in a broken world. Let us pray. Now in a silent prayer, in a silence beyond words, just between you and the Lord, offer up any prayers of confession and repentance, and know that in this very moment, you can confess your sins to the Lord and receive new life and become a new creation. The body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was broken for you, Preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Take and eat this in remembrance that Christ died for you. The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was shed for you, preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Drink this in remembrance that Christ's blood was shed for you and be forever thankful. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray a prayer of blessing. Upon our brothers and sisters here this morning who may not have felt like they could partake at your table here in this context or in this setting. Pray your blessing upon them and their, their churches and their parishes where they worship. We pray, Lord, that you continually unite us and remind us that we are one in you, Lord. Jesus, you truly are Emmanuel, God with us. In this season of hope, may the meal we've shared together nourish us to be your body in the world. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. With the angels in heaven, we join in singing your praises. Glory to God in the highest. Alleluia, alleluia, amen and amen. Let us worship in song. I will now lead you in a song. And no matter where I start, you must be in the right place. And the same place. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly Go in peace to love God and serve others. You are dismissed.